Welcome to the PFFUI podcast. On this month's episode, President Tony Murray and Vice President Mike Whited discuss the 2024 Indiana Legislative Session and bills that the PFFUI is following. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to the PFFUI podcast. My name is Eric Schoib and I'm joined today by President Tony Murray. Hey Tony, how's it going today? It's going pretty good. Hello, Eric. The 123rd Indiana General Assembly has been in session since January 8th. The PFFUI legislative team has been at the State House nearly every day since the start of session. Today we have Vice President Mike Whitehead joining us to discuss bills that the PFFUI is tracking. Hello, Mike. How are things going at the state house? Yeah, it's it's there, uh, doing well. Uh, like you said, we're there every day, watching and looking at the bills and testifying. How many bills are the PFFUI currently tracking? As of this morning, it's been about eighty bills. There's still a few dropping because the deadline was last week, but uh, about eighty right now. I expect it to go up another ten or fifteen. Okay, yeah. So we'll be uh, could be close to a hundred, I think. Okay, so the first bill that we're going to talk about today is Senate Bill 275, which concerns the drop program. Yeah, this is, uh, we've um, talked to a lot of members about uh, the chances of drop being extended from uh, right now, the maximum in law is up to three years uh, or 36 months. Um, And uh, we've been talking to legislators and talking to members about. what the possibility of, of changing that to extend that to up to 60 months or five years. Uh, so, yeah, we did get a bill um, that is dropped and uh, filed, and uh, where I think that we're anticipating a hearing maybe next week. Yes, uh, the bill is uh, Senate Bill 275. It's uh, It's got a few pension bills in it, or a few pension language in it, and the drop is, uh, is one of the parts to it. Uh, the way the bill is written currently, if you are currently in the drop and this passes, this would allow you to extend it up to to the five-year maximum. And I know in talking to members, that was one question that I commonly received was, um, you know, can we stay in or extend that? Um, and that is in the bill. So we've been pretty aggressively um, sort of uh, shepherding this language and working with the bill author. Um, and uh, also with our FOP partners, because it does affect them uh, as members of the 77 fund. And, you know, Mike and I, have, we agreed early on that one of the advantages to uh, extending the drop uh, up to 60 months and uh, actually allowing people in the drop to extend up to 60 months is that's two more years um, of retention, you know, and that's really kind of important in the police uh, departments around the state right now, too. Yeah, keeping a police officer two more years makes a big difference. Correct. And it's it's beneficial to our guys also. It's two more years of additional savings that they could get at the end of their drop period. That's right. And kind of an opportunity then to uh, sort of evaluate where they are financially, and maybe they got a little behind in their performance and getting ready for retirement, and this gives them an extra two years, uh, like you said, to help, you know, kind of create a little nest egg and and I think that it's also important um, to make sure that 
members before they're um, uh, signing up for the draft that they do that evaluation. There's a tool on the Impers website that actually where you can plug in your years of service, your pension base, um, and uh, a drop number of months, uh, and that will put together uh, what your benefit package may look like, including your lump sum. So for everybody, it's a little bit different, so I always encourage members to kind of take the time, look at the Emperor's website, and run those numbers uh, so they can actually see it and make a good, informed decision. Correct. And like you said earlier, uh, this bill was assigned to Senate Pensions and Labor. They meet on Wednesdays. And we anticipate next Wednesday it's going to be heard. That's right. Great. Okay, so we're going to stay in the Senate for our second bill. Uh, that is Senate Bill 54, which is Marion County Fire Department consolidation. Yeah. So uh, actually, um, we're recording this um, Wednesday afternoon after uh, the uh, the hearing. We had about a two-and-a-half-hour hearing this morning, Mike. Um, Correct. Mike was running around to some other... Uh, other hearings in the morning time, but uh, this is, you know, something that is the fourth time uh, that uh, this bill or a similar bill has been filed that essentially, um, and this bill specifically, um, actually puts uh, the decision-making up to uh, the city's county council uh, and the mayor of Indianapolis to consider whether or not there should be consolidation of the three remaining uh, townships into the Indianapolis Fire Department. Uh, so there's a lot of testimony today and a lot of good questions, and uh, we testified uh, on this bill as well in committee. And, and currently, or what this bill is, it's a Marion County-only bill. Uh, what it would do is it would bring Marion County and Indianapolis Fire Department in line with the other 91 counties in every county in Indiana, besides Marion County, when a city annexes, that city assumes the fire protection in that area that they annexed. In Marion County, Indianapolis goes all the way out to the county lines. Marion County is all Indianapolis. The consolidated city. Right, and there's three townships within Marion County that because of the Unigov language, the, the power goes to the township board and the township trustee on fire protection. So this would change the law to move Mary County just like any other county in Indiana. Yeah, and uh, Mike has been lucky enough to be around for all four yes. of these bills. Wow. Starting in 2014, then again in 2015, then again in 2020, and now here we are in the 2024 session. And guess what? It happens to be Mike's last session, so we'll actually see how this goes. Uh, I kind of, you know, it's tongue in cheek. We, you know, this is, this this work is is you know, there's it takes turns and twists and you know, kind of what our effort here is. And I just want to make sure that our listeners know that our emphasis here is to really be proactive in terms of uh, managing how these processes go. Uh, and Senate Bill Fifty Four really outlines a process for. Uh, consolidation uh, and mergers of um, the fire de- departments uh, in the township to IFD. And, you know, our first and foremost commitment as the PFFUI is to our members. Like, so the the, the security of our members in terms of their ability uh, to be safe, do their job well, uh, be compensated, have good benefit packages, and have retirement security 
those are at the forefront of why we're even involved in this conversation. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yep. And to, along that, like Tony said, it was heard today. They didn't vote anything today. It's going to be, they're supposed to take a vote on it next Wednesday. So we'll see. So now we move over to the House side for our next bill, which is probably one question that we get asked about a whole lot over the past year or so. And that has to do with House Bill 1027 and the fire department work schedule. Yeah, so this is also something that we've had a lot of conversations uh, over the summer, spring and summer. Um, this bill really originated, and this is not something that we're that you know we're in, we're intending to do. This is not on our uh, priority list of legislative agenda items. But uh, we had a legislator contact us and said that he was getting some information and some requests from uh, constituents that are firefighters about. Um, the inability to change their work schedule from, uh, you know, the customary 24 on or modified Kelly or the 48, uh, I'm sorry, the 2448 system uh, because of a current statute. And, and as Mike and I talked about that and we sort of looked at, um, you know, how could we sort of massage this to to allow this to happen? And so we provided the, the, the lawmaker, um, Representative Hostetler, uh, with some concepts that we thought would be uh, good to consider maybe in um, putting language in the current statute that would allow for this. So essentially um, what um, was recommended was that if there is an agreement between labor and management um, while utilizing the meet and confer law that's currently on the books that creates the ability to have a conversation, that if both sides, labor and management, uh, by majority agree to try a different work schedule, uh, that that then would be permissible, but it really forces a conversation in both labor management. And we tread lightly, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, we didn't want to interject to the departments and say, this is the schedule that you have to work. Yeah. That's up to each individual department. But what we wanted to be careful and make sure we crafted the language in it that it doesn't allow a chief or department to force a work schedule on the the firefighters. Yeah, we want our locals to have a seat at the table to have, especially when it comes to uh, work schedules. Like, so in my experience, the color of a fire rig and a work schedule is like really important <laughs> and very emotionally driven. Like, it's like, it's like somebody who, that, that screws up dinner, you know, it's, it's that serious uh, at the firehouse. So we, we, we wanted to, and, and we don't, we wanted to try to, to steer some language and, and provide some insight to the lawmaker. And it's really nice that we are there and that lawmakers feel comfortable uh, coming and talking to us about, you know, getting some ideas when they get this communication from, you know, constituents that want to do things. So so we're there and, and are able to provide this, I think, you know, um, beneficial information and, and from a reasonable approach. Uh, so uh, this will likely get a hearing uh, here in the next uh, week or so, um, and we'll be testifying on the, on, on the bill, really, uh, to highlight the points that we just discussed right now. Yeah, and we've got a commitment from the lawmaker that if throughout this process, if it gets amended, that takes away the language that we suggested that he would uh, make sure the bill either went back to the original form or not move the bill. Yeah, and I, I think that uh, also it's important for uh, our listeners to know that the PFFUI is not endorsing any particular work schedule, right? So that's uh, very near and dear to the to the firefighters, you know, so to make that, but we're, I think in any consideration, uh, 
this bill would allow for a seat at the table. Great. So let's just reiterate that point that the PFFUI endorses no certain work schedule. That's right. Okay. That's right. Great. All right. So we stay in the Senate for, or sorry. So we stay in the House for House Bill 1302, which talks about EMS as a essential service. That's right up Tony's alley. Yeah. He's our he's a resident EMS guru. Big that, EMS guy. I can spell it. Um, so yeah, we've uh, we've been. This is not something that necessarily came uh, out of our uh, priority list, but this is uh, having some conversations with other uh, public safety stakeholders. Um, the Fire Chiefs Association uh, and the PFFUI. We started having a conversation uh, back in the summer, and uh, you know there was the e, uh, IDHS involvement, you know, in the fire marshal's office and EMS, and talk about um, doing an evaluation to understand what our challenges in EMS are around the state. Um, so this is really an initiative of the Fire Chiefs Association that uh, we really jumped on board as a, as a stakeholder group um, to provide some feedback. So really what this bill does is it, it, it would require um, counties to provide information about what their EMS transport system looks like now and, and also their non-transport system, whether it's BLS, ALS, how it looks, and provide that information by a date certain uh, this spring uh, to IDHS, and then the bill also generates a study committee to look at that information and then revisit in the 2025 session the information that was gained out of that summer study um, to see what laws might need to be changed or made uh, to help with uh, providing transport EMS service in the best way possible uh, across the state. Okay, so now we go to Senate Bill 160, which talks about the cost of living adjustment and the drop. Well, uh, this is out of a, like you said, a Senate bill. Uh, the COLA increase, we started this last year in law for the 77th fund, which we're very fortunate to have an automatic COLA. We're one of only two out of the seven that emperors overseas that has automatic COLA. It's the 77th fund and the judges. Our COLA is capped at 3%. It's tied to the CPI, and it's never been a problem before except last year because uh, the, the economy, the downturn, the CPI was so high. Uh, inflation, yeah. Inflation, uh, it was 8.5%. Our retirees got a 3% raise because of the cap. We started talking about this last year. We wanted to increase the cap to 5%, and... Uh, that comes at a cost. Emperor's actuaries run some numbers on it. They say it's going to run about $95 million at one time injection into the 77 fund to pay for this. We couldn't get any traction on it last year, so it's back again this year. Back again this year, and to keep the conversation going. And, and so one of the things that I've learned in the, in the time that I've been doing this, and Mike can really attest to this, is that um, generally speaking, the first time you introduce a concept or a bill, um, it gets vetted around and really maybe doesn't go anywhere. So especially, especially if it's got a price tag. <laughs> especially if it's got a price tag. So, um, you know, I, I, I run into a lot of our members, and, they, and this is something that they ask about. We get a lot of um, interaction from retired members, too, that are asking about this because they're really feeling it. So just so everybody knows, we're keeping this on the agenda. We're keeping this on, you know, sort of front of mind, and, and that means we're continuing to talk about it, and we will. Uh, it's unlikely that this particular piece, uh, uh, the COLA increase will get 
uh, any momentum in this session because also it's not a budget year. Um, so the, the budget is fixed until um, the end of 2025. So next year when we come back into the long session, uh, the state will be building a two-year uh, budget as well. So it's it's more we're more inclined to maybe see some movement there. Now, we did have a meeting with the governor a few weeks ago, and we threw that out that this could be a good legacy for him to go out on. That's right. He could yeah. slide it into something in the, on his way out. A little opportunity. We say, you know, just a little piece here and there, just a little piece to keep the ball moving forward, yes. I guess. Yeah, using a, a governor's analogy, yes. he's a big basketball. Okay, so then we go to House Bill 1399, which talks about PFAS chemicals and its definition. This was heard today. Uh, it did pass out a committee. This got the attention last year of the chemical industry. We had two bills passed uh, that uh, labeled turnout gear, firefighter turnout gear, if it contains PFAS, which all of them do right now. And the other one is uh, the blood testing, uh, doing a pilot program, blood testing 1,000 firefighters a year. Uh, the chemical company came to us and said, we wanted to change the definition of PFOS because there are certain products that are that has PFOS in that's beneficial. And uh, we said, we don't want to do anything that's going to hurt the bills that were we just passed in 22 or 23. And uh, so what they've done, they carved out firefighters where the definition of PFOS is for firefighters and only for the, the manufacturing process. So uh, there was a lot of good debate. There was Graham Peasley, a professor out of Notre Dame, that came and spoke and actually enlightened some of the legislators, I think, and it's got them talking about whether or not they should even do this. Mm -hmm. uh, just barely passed out a committee, seven to five today. It's got a long way to go, but uh, I think there was some uh, some information that was brought up that uh, they didn't think about. Yeah. See. And I think that our, uh, well said, Mike, and I think that our concerns were really taken care of in the language of the bills, preserving uh, the definition for the fire service as is, uh, because we have some concerns. We don't know the real effects of long-term effects of PFAS exposure of our members. So we want to, we want to preserve uh, that portion of the definition that affects our members um, as is. So I guess the um, one thing to really mention is um, I, it, it's good that they're having conversation with people that, that know this issue in depth, you know, from the um, scientific community. Um, but the fact that we were brought in and asked, uh, you know, how this might affect us is very helpful too, yes. I think, in the entire process. And we do appreciate that dialogue. And the last bill on our list uh, is House Bill 1134, which covers local income tax. Yeah, so while Mike was um, really grinding on PFAS in the other committee, um, in the gears of, of lawmaking, right, in the process, um, I was upstairs in Ways and Means. And, where all the uh, money's at. Where all the money's at. Um, and... Uh, so in Ways and Means this afternoon, we, we organized um, a new local uh, last year uh, in Floyd's Knobs. Uh, Floyd's Knobs Local 5426, which is the Highlander um, Fire District in Floyd County. Uh, so um, we had their chief and they had some members, uh, three or four members that were up today uh, because uh, 
they had an unintended consequence, essentially, of um, by merging two fire districts um, who were receiving local income tax uh, to fund uh, the, the operation of the fire districts. When those two merged, the unintended consequence was that, that they no longer fell under the rule which would allow them to receive the local income tax. So um, they made the call out. Uh, they had a legislat- legislator that uh, filed a bill on this, and they called out for our assistance, and we uh, provided some testimony in support um, of this bill that would remedy this problem and uh, uh, make um, the uh, the Highlander uh, Fire District whole again uh, with uh, the local income tax fund. This is not a complete list of bills that the PFFUI is watching. The session is ongoing and is oftentimes changing from day to day, hour to hour, and minute to minute. For the most up-to-date information when it comes to this year's legislative session, please follow us on social media. We will be putting the information out as soon as it becomes available. Yeah, and, uh, you know, these gears keep turning uh, as the session rolls on. And um, if anything comes uh, of great importance, we'll make sure that we're uh, communicating with members. Uh, This is a short session in the legislature. We're only two weeks in. Um, but uh, leadership, uh, both in the House and Senate, agree that the the magic date is March the 8th uh, for signing die. It's going to go fast and furious. Yeah. And I want to thank Eric for uh, getting our information out. Tony and I compile the information, and Eric does a great job getting it out on social media and informing our, our members. So That's right. It's a great, Eric, you're doing a great job as the, as the communications director by communicating. Uh, it looks nice, and it's easy to, to to absorb. So, and we do get a lot of comments from people saying that you know they they feel informed. Uh, so, thanks for doing that. And thank, I mean, honestly, thank and you again. Blushing. Yeah, I'm so blushing, blushing very much. So, blushing. thank you guys. All right, Eric. And before we wrap up, I just wanted to say, any member out there listening or any local that would like to come down to the state house and see how the process works see what we do, uh, contact myself or Tony. We can let you know when it would be a good day. Uh, Monday, Tuesday, Thursdays are committee and session. Wednesdays is just committee only. So let us know. But we'd, we'd love to have you here, and we'll get your legislators out, let you meet them, and uh, come and see how the process works. And we'll get it comes with a Diet Coke. So, you know, how could you pass that up? I mean, uh, that just sounds delicious. need right? to be caffeinated and refreshed to do this work. Well, Mike, Tony, thank you guys for your time and all of your hard work down at the State House. And we look forward to hearing updates from the 123rd Indiana General Assembly. All right. Thanks, Eric. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for listening to the PFFUI podcast. Follow us on social media by searching the Professional Firefighters Union of Indiana. For more information about news and upcoming events, visit www.pffui.com. Until next time, this is PFFUI Communications Director Eric Schoeb. Stay safe.